everybody, James Shepard here with another edition of the Merchant Sales Podcast. Now, last week, I talked about big picture macro trends that are going on in the payments space. And today, I'm going to make those trends much more practical and talk about what do you need to do uh, in order to take advantage of these trends. And I'm going to talk about several what I consider opportunities that exist right now that are very specific and practical and talk about the nuts and bolts of taking advantage of those opportunities. Before I dive into that, I'm going to very quickly read through the list of macro trends from last week. Just give you a quick summary of that. So for those of you that maybe missed it or you know you forgot what I said last week, uh, let's run through it really quick so you understand the context for what I'm going to describe today. So we talked about at the biggest levels, we have a shift from cash and check payments to electronic payments. In other words, our industry is growing. We talked about it's a fragmented market. So there's, you know, it's a lower cost to create software. So there's a lot more software companies being created um, and, and all of that. And so it's a fragmented market, meaning payment processing now doesn't just mean one thing. It means something different to a hair salon versus a B2B wholesaler versus, uh, uh, you know, an electrician, right? And so um, it's integrated into technology. So software is kind of eating payment processing. We then talked about um, alternate payments. Right, and this idea that we have um, alternate forms of payment, whether that be the the Fed now and some of the innovations that are going to come from that, whether it be P two P like Venmo and Zelle, uh, whether it be third parties like Groupon, um, you know, uh, DoorDash, Uber Eats, things like that that are taking wallet share. And then finally, on the really big picture, we talked about integrated financial services, things like um, business banking, business lending, that are also now being made into kind of APIs that can be very easily, um, you know, integrated right into a technology solution that's made for a specific company. We then went down a layer and we talked about three uh, trends that are taking place as a result of all of those trends. Uh, number one is an exponential increase in the number of ISVs. So there's a lot more software companies being created. Like it used to be, if you're going to create a software company, you were trying to go after a huge market. Now people are creating software companies to go after one specific vertical. And so there's a lot of these software companies being created because it's a lower cost to create these companies. We also talked about how there's a, an increased amount of capital available uh, to our industry because of the higher returns. Investors and, and private equity firms, um, our venture capital, they're all looking to put money into the payments industry. Um, and then we finally uh, wrapped it up with new marketing tactics and the impact of AI, ChatGPT, and all of that on marketing. And then you look at social media and the and the shift in, in attention to that. And so all of those. So those are the big trends. Okay. So with all of that in mind, let me give you what I consider to be four of the best opportunities right now in payments and talk to you about how to actually take advantage of these four trends. Okay. So here we go. And these are in no particular order. I just think these are all great opportunities and I want to talk about each of them. Okay. Number one on my list right now is a push for card not present service providers. Card not present service providers. Now, by the time you're listening to this, I would have already done a live event with a company called Biller Genie. Some of you may be familiar with them. Some of you not. If you want to learn more about them, you can go to um, ccsalespro.com slash BG. They are an advertising partner with me, but I've done consulting with them as well. Um, but you know, there are all of these companies out there now where you can go after card, not present merchants who are invoicing their clients. Um, why is this such a big opportunity in my opinion? Well, the reason is because in our industry, you know, what are we really, really good at? Well, 
where you know, our industry has proven to be very effective, the ISO agent community has proven to be very effective at selling simple payment processing solutions to merchants who need those solutions, right? And you know, selling retail restaurants gotten a lot more complicated. You know, you got to sell point of sale systems. You got to do all that, right? Meanwhile, in the card not present world, they've still been really underserved. And what they want in payment processing is pretty simple. They want to get paid and they want to get paid faster. And so they just want to be able to send invoices out and still use QuickBooks. That's it, right? So that reason I brought up Biller Genie is Biller Genie sits in the middle between your payment processing and QuickBooks and they automate invoicing. But it's this idea of going after card.present merchants because whether you do Biller Genie or somebody else, they've just really been underserved, okay? So the big challenge with them is just prospecting, you know, meaning you maybe you aren't used to prospecting for, you know, electricians and plumbers and HVAC and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, we're going to put on um, next week, I'm going to do a replay of the live event I just did. So I'm not going to spend a lot more time on this, but I would look into card not present merchants. That is a, in my opinion, a big, big opportunity uh, for you. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Number two on my list is B2B companies. Okay. Companies doing B2B payments. Now, let me be really clear though. I'm not just talking about going after merchants who are doing B2B. I'm talking about actually getting involved in the B2B space and looking at different companies who are going after B2B merchants, software companies, and partnering with them, figuring out their solution and having a suite of products and services where you can go to B2B merchants and actually present them with solutions that are going to be a big benefit to them. Okay. Again, why do I present this as an opportunity? because of the trends I've already said. We're seeing the shift in B2B going more towards card payments, more towards electronic payments, whether that's ACH cards. Uh, we see Fed now, that's going to have an impact on B2B. Uh, crypto is eventually going to have a really big impact on B2B. There's a couple of um, really interesting startups, actually, that do uh, B2B payments uh, with crypto. So I think B2B is a really interesting space for you to focus on. Again, same thing here. The prospecting is different. But again, what do you do about this difference in prospecting? Well, it's actually not that hard. You go to infousa.com or you know one of these uh, data companies and you buy a list of you know of wholesalers, right? Uh, if you're going card not present, you buy a list of contractors and you buy a list of landscapers and you buy a list of uh, you know gems that have memberships, you know that sort of thing. And you say, I'm just looking for card not present service providers, and you get yourself a list and you start calling them. Okay, here's what you're gonna find. They're not as competitive. It's not nearly as competitive there as it is in the card present space. So if you're looking for a kind of a more of a future-proof portfolio that's very easy to set up, I think card not present, service providers, and B2B, those are going to be the two that are the easiest. Most of you, if you're individual, you're selling payment processing, and you're like, wow, I'm really getting tired of competing with the physical location brick and mortar, and I want to start transitioning some of my time to something else. I really think doing card not present with something like Biller Genie or doing um, B2B where you're using uh, even gateway solutions. Um, you know, uh, NMI does a lot of that kind of stuff. Except Blue does that sort of thing. You know, uh, Biller Genie actually does it as well. There's a lot of companies that do interchange optimization and they work with these companies. Um, but understanding that now B2B is a little more difficult because you are going to have to kind of understand a new world. You know, underwriting for B2B is a little bit different. The technology solutions they need are a little bit different. Um, ticket sizes are higher. You have the whole interchange optimization thing. So there's a little more there to to, to get into. But I think um, card not present and B2B, those represent some, what I would consider fairly simple, uh, you know, uh, things for you to do. Okay. Those are the first two. Number three, 
Number three is ISV partnership. ISV partnership. Okay. Now, um, when we talk about an ISV partnership, I'm talking about different companies that I work with that I've been promoting, right? Um, I think about recently I've been promoting, um, you know, Lavu point of sale, Snack POS, um, different companies like this where, you know, um, these are companies that have um, a software that's targeting specific verticals, okay? And there's many others, of course, there's thousands, literally. And these are companies where you can either bring your own processing or you can do the processing through them. But I think what's important is making sure you generate these partnerships where you're building a portfolio based on more than just payment processing and based on more than some kind of loose integration with some general point of sale solution. No, like it's time to get specific. Remember, we talked about how we have a fragmented market and, you know, uh, hair salons are going to want hair salon point of sale software, right? Um, you know, whatever it is, pizza shops are going to want really specific software for their quick serve environment. So as we think about the, the, um, market being um, split up in this way and, and verticalized, we want to have partnerships with software companies that are going after specific verticals and make those ISV partnerships a reality. Now, you know, I think you can even take those partnerships further. Many of you have money. We're going to, we talked about access to capital last time in the last episode. And I think many of you, it's time for you to go all in on your strengths and it's time for you to make an actual investment in this industry and make it a better place to be. You know, what does that look like? Well, it looks like you going down to your local bank and saying, hey, I want to get an SBA 7A loan so that I can acquire a technology company, right? And I'm talking about some of you that are, uh, you know, you have a small ISO, right? Um, there are so many ISVs out there and you say, well, James, how can I take advantage of the fact that there are thousands of software companies out there? Well, one of the ways you can take advantage of it is understanding that many of those software companies have failed or they're not succeeding at a sufficient level to make their investors happy, right? They built a really great product. Maybe somebody at the company is an expert at that particular vertical, but they haven't executed on the marketing side and they don't have any distribution. So they need to do something. They need to exit. And you can come in and say, well, I'm not a software person and I'm not like the, the biggest expert ever on this particular vertical, but I can buy this company that has a great software developer that has somebody who's an expert at whatever this particular you know vertical is. And um, I have the sales team and I can train the sales team on how to sell this and we can put a big focus on this and we can actually build this ISB ourselves, right? Um, you can start an ISV from scratch. You know, many of you have really unique insights into a particular part of this business, a particular part of the industry, certain verticals or certain pain points or features that are needed. And you're really frustrated with the options that are out there. Well, what I would tell you is go build something better, right? This industry is shifting. Again, software is eating payments. So if you're in payments right now and you have a lot of cash and you have a lot of cash flow, well, then why don't you go start the technology company that's going to eat the payments? right? You, we see that coming. So go ahead and make those investments. Now I see people a lot of times in our industry and they're, and they're diversifying far outside of our industry. And I understand that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that financially. A lot of times it makes, it makes good sense, but I would challenge you to think through, should you be making investments in our own industry, right? Like why would you invest in, you're going to go invest in real estate, which is great, but why wouldn't you also invest in something that's a little closer to home that you can understand? Okay. Uh, we've had Lane Gordon on, I think I'm gonna have him on again in a, in a few weeks, but um, you know, Lane Gordon is, uh, is a broker in our industry and, you know, you can go to his website anytime. Uh, I think it's uh 733 park.com and you can actually see, you know, businesses that are for sale, 
you know, ISVs that are for sale. And, you know, a lot of them are smaller. A lot of times it depends on when you go there, but he's got different companies for sale all the time. Go take a look. Maybe you should buy one of them, you know? So it's not something you should do lightly. I'm, 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 I realize the, you know, huge, what I'm, what I'm saying you should do, this is a big deal, but you need to do something. You've got to start making some strides and go towards, uh, towards the technology side of this thing. Okay. So, um, you know, partner with an ISV, uh, part of that could be actually a partnership that includes a, a, an investment or even owning the ISV itself. So we have these top three, right? These top three, which are going to be, um, you know, you've got your card not present, right? Um, you have your uh, uh, B2B, um, you have your ISVs, right? And so those are those are three what I would consider huge opportunities, okay? Finally, though, let me give you a, a fourth one and a final one, one that I'm seeing that's working really well. And this kind of goes towards the whole marketing trend and some of these other trends out there. Um, build a local business, a local payments business, okay? Let me explain what I mean by this. Many in, our, in my audience here, I think, are kind of stuck in the older way of it has to be a 1099 um, you know, contractor, right? That's the kind of agents we hire. Well, maybe it's time to rethink that a little bit. What if you dominated your local market and you had two or three salespeople? We've had a lot of success on the consulting side working with companies to build this out. But you build, you know, two, three, maybe four W-2 salespeople that get paid a salary plus commission and a lifetime residual, but not a really high lifetime residual. They get a lower residual split that they can that they invest into. And you take these other trends that we've talked about and you layer them on top, right? So before you bring on anybody, you make those ISV partnerships, you buy the ISV, whatever it is. And you're like, hey, I'm ready to go to market locally with good technology partnerships. I've got capital, I've got funding from the bank or from investors or whatever, but I've got the capital to grow. I can afford to, to really you know, do some growth. I understand the shift in marketing and what needs to be done there, right? Um, I'm seeing all of these different trends. And now you come in and say, let's hire some salespeople and let's go out locally and let's make this happen, okay? Um, some of you should consider W-2 employees to sell your uh, technology solutions, even large, not even just local, build local first and then and then build out from there. But many of you right now are sitting on a gold mine where you could build a big business and scale it, but you're gonna have to have control in order to do that. You know, managing a 1099 team is like herding cats, you know? Um, I've done it many times. Many of my consulting clients do it. And it can be very profitable at a large scale, but at a smaller scale, it's very difficult to make a lot of money with two or three independent contractors. But it's a lot easier to make a lot of money with two or three W-2 employees that are full-time trained by you. Because again, think about these trends, right? As the payments industry gets more complex, what does that mean for agent training, right? Does agent training need to get where we're doing more of it or less? Well, obviously more, right? If it's getting more complex, we got to train these people how to sell it. You know, we got to train them how to sell these specific technology solutions that we offer to these specific merchant types. And the agent has to understand the pain points of those merchants and the features of the technology that you're offering. So having a W-2 model, um, don't discount that. There's a lot of really, really good, talented salespeople out there that don't want to be straight commissioned. They want to do a salary plus, you know, benefits and they want to get some commission. They want to have a, an earning potential of, you know, they're looking to eventually make 150,000 a year. They're not looking to make a million dollars a year someday. They want to make 150,000. They think that would be great. And you can help them to get there with a salary plus commission, help them to build that portfolio. Meanwhile, you can make a lot of money off of that if you're bringing all these trends together into a local uh, a local shop. Now, 
I've got a lot more information about all of this. Of course, you can head over to ccsalespro.com if you want to get more information on any of this. I do actually a lot of consulting for companies that are building a W2 team, also for larger companies and all of that as well. So I'd be happy to work with you on that. Um, but again, my name is James Shepard. I'd like to thank you for taking time to listen to the, these last two editions of the Merchant Sales Podcast. Next week, I've got an interview actually with Garima Shaw, who is the president of Biller Genie. I think you're going to find that really interesting talking about card not present and going after those merchants. We're going to talk about that next week um, in that interview. And then we'll be back to kind of our traditional uh, format after that. So thanks everybody so much for taking time to listen to our podcast. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. And I wish you fantastic success as you continue moving forward in the payments space. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.